Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of It's Personal. Uh, the last book I wrote was heavy. All right. Hey, Gary. This is Evie. Uh, my name is Randy Rebine. Uh, but my name is Jared Krizoska. I don't think I'm a person that curses a lot. Heart just goes out to everybody. I'm excited. Awesome. Hi. Right. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of It's Personal. We're on season three, and I'm super excited. I don't know why. Actually, I'll just be honest. We had this um, interview session already done last year. That internet didn't want to post it, but I'm super excited to have him on today. You know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, I need to have more family on the show. So as we're going through the show today, maybe we can recommend a few other people um, from home that we can have on the show as well. Can you introduce yourself? Yeah, Tyler Simmons. I'm uh, Gary's cousin. Um, the youngest male cousin. I don't know. <laughs> I'm probably just saying that. No, but I first... think you are. I think you are actually. And um, film di- film director and keynote speaker. You are, and I've just loved watching your growth since you were younger. I think one of the things that I'm super, one of the things I admire about you is just like your heart. Um, and just your willingness to grow as a person Um, and the inside and out like I just remember for whatever reason I feel like we've always had some sort of connection Um, I think it's gotten deeper over time just based on us growing as humans as well Um, but us being able to just be honest with with each other and have deep conversations like every summer or through phone calls or through text messages so that's something I admire the most about you and I guess my question for you is, how do you get to that space? Because it wasn't always like that. Um, How do Mm. you get to, how do you get to that space where you're having those deep conversations with yourself, um, with other people, et cetera, et cetera. Hi, Lisa. Hey, (laughs) how are you? I'm good, how are you? Good, good. This happened last time. Welcome to the, welcome to the podcast. Can you introduce yourself, please? (laughs) Thank you. Um, am I actually here? I'm Lisa Fiamelli. <laughs> Hi, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> She's the best. <laughs> oh, She's the best. Oh. So, Ty, how do you... How do you... Yeah, how do you get to that that space, um, and what does that journey look like? How has that journey looked for you? Um, to the place where I can be like vulnerable and open and just talk about my story and stuff. Um, I think the biggest thing is just like figuring out who I really am. Um, like younger growing up i was very just very quiet i'm still quiet but i was extremely quiet back then and was very um, just anxious didn't feel like i would fit in and all this stuff and feeling like i would have to be a certain way and stuff like that um and then going through like depression and depression getting bad it is almost like you can hit a rock bottom and then you're like okay what do I have to do to not hit this rock bottom ever again 
And that's when I started just working on myself all the time, like um, meditation, yoga, um, reading about Buddhism and all these things, even though a lot of people around me were like, I don't know what you're reading right now. Like, what is this stuff? But I was like, I don't, it was almost this, um, <clears throat> this thing of not caring anymore what people thought because the main focus was being happy and doing what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so interesting in a time where we, I feel like you would know better than I do. Um, just from being online, I do see that there is more of a culture of owning your own stories, um, owning who you are, um, talking more about anxiety and depression, et cetera. Um, and I know, I don't wanna say I know your whole story because I don't, I know bits and pieces of your story, um, but how important is it specifically in the black community itself? And I'll talk about home because let's be real, like that's where we're from, right? How important is it for us to continue to talk about anxiety, depression, um, toxic masculinity, all those things within the, the black community? How important is that? Man, it's so important. It's like, it's extremely important. Um, just talking about mental health in general. Um, in my first, like the, before I did my very first talk, I remember thinking, I'm going to do this because I want a kid in North Preston who's dealing with the things that I was dealing with to look at me and be like, oh, I'm not the only one that deals with this. Um, just talking about your struggles and things that you've been through, I think as a Black man, it helps little Black boys um, realize that it's okay to feel, it's okay to be vulnerable, it's okay to be sad at times. Um, mm -hmm. Often we're taught the opposite, we're taught, oh, boys don't cry, boys need to just suck it up and all this stuff. And all this stuff, um, for a few years, I just, I was, and I still am interested in this, but I was heavy into like figuring out toxic masculinity and what it really was. Um, and yeah, it's just, I think a big part of that is just how we can, like we get told over and over, don't be sad, don't cry. And we hold it in, in a lot of people. And it turns into anger. It turns into us getting aggressive in sometimes living out the stereotype that a lot of mm -hmm. white people on us um, mm -hmm. want that, which is yeah. why I, I try to spread that message a lot. You do, and you do such a great job of that. And I think not only through your keynote speaking, which has been amazing journey for me to watch um, because we've talked about just speaking in front of people in general. Um, and you've, I don't know, but I feel like you've surpassed every single goal and you continue to make goals that continue to scare you within keynote speaking and uh, watching you stand in front of hundreds and thousands of people like that is just, it's so cool to watch knowing where it came from um, and 
on top of that, hearing you talk about your story in front of these people and owning it is just so cool and inspiring for me as well um, to continue to share my story. So I appreciate that. I really do, man. I really do. No, it's 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 surreal to watch. It really is. Yeah, it's um, and it's something special about just fully expect accepting yourself. Like I still have times where I'm like frustrated with myself, but um, for the most part, I know what I'm good at. I know the things I'm not the best at. I know my flaws. Instead of like shaming myself for it, I. Mm -hmm. I decide to be like, okay, I'm going to turn this into something. I'll put this into a talk that I do or a film or something. Mm -hmm. And it makes it in, in the, I don't want to say the most beautiful stories, but oftentimes those stories come from people that have really truly owned who they are. When you look at films, when you look at books, when you listen to people, the ones that at least I'm connected to the most is where people are so vulnerable. And you can look at them and be like, wow, I make connections with you because you've decided to tell me every little bit of your story, whether the good, the bad, the ugly, et cetera, et cetera. And I do agree. I think growing up, we didn't have anyone telling us that those things were okay. We were showered with love, like to the most, through every single family member. Um, but there was no one really telling us that it was okay to, to be sad, um, to cry. Um, to be in a state of uncomfortableness like for a while um, and I think it's, I, I do feel like it's a little bit of a generation thing as well because as we know like if their parents or their friends or their um, upbringing didn't talk about that like obviously that's something that they wouldn't talk about either um, so I do feel like it's a generational thing I hope um, moving forward based on the work that you're doing um, and the work that's out there in the world right now that that changes within um, our community in itself as well. Ty, I want to talk to you a little bit about um, just meditation in general because I know you love meditating. Um, where did that come from in regards to um, like you doing it like I'm pretty sure you do it regularly now, right? I do. I the last time I did it was probably like two days ago. So I do it pretty regularly. I used to do it like every single day, but <laughs> but um, it started when I was early twenties. Um, it was when I first went to my doctor about mental health, and um, I remember going home and googling a bunch of things that can help with anxiety and. I came across meditation and I didn't really know what meditation was, but <laughs> when I came across it and so many people were saying how it works and um, I just started and I started doing it every day. Um, and at first I was, a part of me was like, this isn't doing nothing, <laughs> like this isn't working. But um, then I started to see things. I started to like realize that um, that I wouldn't get as frustrated over certain things in like, um, like my mood was more regulated. Like um, I wasn't as impulsive about things. I would sit and think before I 
did something or thought about or said something um and yeah it just it became this place for me that i can just go to to mm -hmm. charge mm -hmm. i love that i love that and that's another thing that i don't think um i don't know i'm, I'm speculating and i'm and i'm i guess pushing a judgment on our community a little bit here but i don't know if that's a thing that we even talk about either or kids or families even know is an option or know enough about to even give it a try um because again i don't think it's something that we've ever been um asked to do um or think about so why would kids know what meditating is or how it can help you right how it can help you um, um though i i do know that with some kids, um, like they're doing it in their schools, which is really cool. Um, mm -hmm. Some schools, but yeah, I that's something I really want to uh, help with, like mm -hmm. even mm -hmm. somehow help with getting it into more schools. Like that would be awesome. That would be awesome. Yeah, whether it's like a some sort of I don't know you would know better than I do, like how many times a week they need it, whether it's like all kids in a gym, like right now it's hard because of the situation of the world in itself. But yeah, I could totally see you going into schools, helping teachers, helping kids figure out um, how just mental health and, and meditating in itself can help them get through the day, through the minute, through the hour, through the month, et cetera, because it can be super powerful. I don't do it I don't do it now. I remember I went through a phase of doing it. Um, but every time I think about it, I know that I should be. It's something that you know you should be doing. If you know about it, you know you should be doing it. Um, and now that I'm talking, I'm like, man, okay, I need to schedule like a time for me to meditate. <laughs> and that, that's cool is that you can just like, like I fell off from doing it for a while and I just went back into it and started doing like five minutes like really short and then it just turns into more and more mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. and i love that you said five minutes because that's it doesn't have to be hours no. like it doesn't have to be so long it can be literally you taking that space in your head for a few minutes and then gradually getting longer gradually getting shorter whatever the case may be um i'm really happy you said that ty tell us about like what is going on with you right now? Every time I talk to you, you are super busy. You're always doing cool projects. Um, tell me about some of the joys that are happening right now. Man, um, I'm working on, well, I finished in 2020. 2020 was a tough year, but it was a good year career-wise um, for me because uh, I really just focused on the things that I love and that being the mental health advocacy and mindfulness and but also film and um, yeah I directed a uh, documentary about mental health in the black community <laughs> and um, also just I'm in the production of um, working on a series we just we're shooting the pilot right now but they're saying that i can't say exactly what it is so of course of course 
Yeah. Um, so I'm excited about that. And that's a project about um, the good that people are doing in Nova Scotia. And we're hoping to expand it to um, like Canada wide and then hopefully like globally at some point. Um, and those are the really big projects I'm working on right now. I'm also working on, um, I still have my merch that I work on. Uh, that's really just a fun thing that I do. Um, you love like, fashion. You've always loved fashion. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. and, and stillness is key is something that I've been working on for a while. It's um, That's a lot about meditation and mindfulness too. Um, it's not where I want it to be right now, but people can get guided meditations on the website, stillnessiskey.ca. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, those are, those you're are always <laughs> You're always so busy. And the one thing I love about catching up with you is like, it, you know what, it's funny because it's scary too, because every time I talk to you, it's something new. You're finishing, you're finishing your project and starting a new project so I think one of the things I've also learned from you is just like continuing to put yourself in places where you're uncomfortable and sitting with that uncomfortableness because you you don't have to say yes to these projects like you don't have to say yes to them but you continue to push yourself to do things that are either a little bit outside your comfort zone um, to push you to get better because of watching you and your like just production of film and where it has come from since like, I remember from the very beginning when you yeah. were doing like music videos, like you, you've changed everything so much and you've gotten so much better. Um, and watching that has again also inspired me as well. Um, it's so cool. It's so cool that you have all these projects going on. It's so cool. It feels good because it's like, um, it just feels like I was doing things the right way. Like I, when I was doing a lot of um, my keynote speaking and stuff, uh, which I'm still doing, but because of the pandemic, it's hard. Um, but I was doing that a lot, but I was still studying film and trying to, I still, um, was trying to like find my style and um, really, really had plans of doing what I'm doing now. Like that was the whole, yeah, that's the mission. I just, it was, it's like when I was like uh, 21, like in my room, just <laughs> uh, reading a bunch of books and writing all the time and just, mm -hmm trying to manifest things. Uh, it, You've always been like that. You've always yeah. been a creator. And that's one thing I can't say about everyone, specifically in our family. Like when I think about creators, like I think you've always been pushing yourself to do things a little bit differently all the time. Yeah. And I think it's hard when, it's hard for a family to look at someone like you and be like, he's gonna be successful because it's so untraditional. Like it's scary for an adult to look at someone like you early on and be like, wow, he's creating videos, he's mm -hmm. reading, he's doing mindfulness. Like it's scary because they don't know, they, they have no experience with it. So 
I admire that as well because you had every reason to stop. You had every reason to yeah, say so, no. <laughs> so many reasons. Yeah. And I've been, I was told so many times by people, oh, are you sure that's what you want to do? And I'm like, yeah, that's what I want to do. <laughs> and exactly. Yeah, I think that's so cool. I want to talk a little bit about just like your schooling um, because I know that was a huge um, learning experience for you in so many ways, just in regards to the type of school that you've gone to, um, the people that you were raised around as well. Um, yeah. What did that look like for you in school in regards to elementary, middle school, and high school? Um, it was weird. I was... <laughs> I thought it was so weird. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> I had, it was cool at times, but I was just like, this is weird. Like, going to, um, I remember elementary, it was very, <laughs> I was very, like, quiet and shy. And um, I had my little group of friends and stuff. Um, but I always loved being alone. I felt like, yeah, I, looking back at it, I feel like I was an old soul, and I, <laughs> I you still are, and you still are. <laughs> I felt like I was like an old man in a little kid's body <laughs> going to school, and I was just like, I don't relate to a lot of these kids. <laughs> like, I'm thinking about the world and things that are going on. I'm seeing commercials on TV, and I'm thinking deeply about them and stuff, and kids are at school talking about just like basketball or just like fun stuff and I'm like thinking about all these deep things uh, and I I'm still sort of like that though um, and in like in elementary school it was like that and in junior high it was still like that um, high school was interesting it was um that was when I started getting really into football and um, and going to Coiber High and things being a bit like a bit chaotic uh, with the riots and all this stuff and being on the football team and seeing certain guys from the football team wanting to fight guys from my community and I'm like, going on here <laughs> like um this person's racist i didn't know that i play football every day and didn't know um and it was just weird um a lot and you're yeah. a kid still right like regardless of whether you're 15 16 17 years old you're still a kid right and i'm like finding myself in this position where i'm thinking okay, I don't want to, I don't know, I don't want to, I remember even thinking, I don't want to take a side because I don't know what's going on. And then I'm hearing that certain people are racist. And then of course, I'm like, okay, I'm not with that. I'm against that. Um, but then I'm sort of like, oh, am I supposed to be a certain way? And it's making me question the way that I am, like questioning my blackness in a sense, um, which was such a such a struggle, just trying to understand like what is blackness, like 
and I, yeah, like, I am I too black in this situation? It's so weird. Yeah, and you know, I can relate just thinking about my high school experience as well and just trying to literally fit in. Like I, I remember times like me and you as you got older or me and our cousins, like we would literally, I don't know how else to say this, but we would go to school white and come home black, which is like so scary to think about. Like we would literally go to school white, go to the parties, try to fit in, and then literally transform ourselves when we got back to our community to try and fit in, whether it was going to the parties, playing basketball, whatever the case may be, which is like, so mentally draining for a kid to go back and forth between these different lives um yeah. and i wonder what that was like our why was it that we wanted to be so accepted in the white community or in this other space um to me i've asked myself that question a lot and um even for my documentary um I just had to sit and think about that a lot and talk to other people about it too. And a part of, a big part of me feels like it was a survival thing. Like I was like this invisible armor I was putting on, like um, almost like, oh, they're not going to accept me for who I truly am. So I have to be this other person and the thing is, back then we didn't think about how damaging that could be. Uh, and that can be really damaging. Like that can make you think so negatively about where you're from. It can make you think negatively about yourself um, because you're basically feeling like it's not okay to be you, uh, which causes a lot of depression and anxiety too. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In, in a way, because of that, it, a lot of times I get really surprised that um, when I hear a lot of people from the black community say, oh, I haven't dealt with like depression and anxiety. Um, part of me is like, how? <laughs> because it's like, especially if you're from North Preston, it's like this black community or East Preston, this black community, and then you're going out into the white world and you're like, oh, I have to walk a different way, talk a different way. It's like, you come home and you're drained. <laughs> yeah. It's so true. It's so true. And if those of you that don't know about Nova Scotia, it is the, I'm pretty sure we still consider it the largest black community in Canada. Um, but at the same time, yeah, you, you, you go to this community um, or you can go to different communities in Nova Scotia where they are predominantly black. I mean, 95, 80% black. And then you literally walk out that gate, that road, that yard, and the rest of the world is white. Like you probably won't see another black person the whole entire day until yeah. you get back. Um, and I think we were lucky in school to have our, our pockets of friends that were from our community. But like, you think about university, you think about the workplace after that, like, you don't see those friends anymore, like no. at all, no. at all. And if you do, you're getting different types of 
people of color after that. It's like, you're not getting the people from your community anymore. I remember in university, it was like a handful from Toronto, the Caribbean, you get a handful from the US and sometimes you don't. Um, and everyone's looking at you also like, how are you from here? Like you're from Nova Scotia, like there's, there's like black people around here. And it's like, you have to explain that over and over again. Um, it is draining. I agree with you. It's extremely draining. Yeah, it really is. Ty, I want to wrap up a little bit, but before we go, I want you to, what can you share with younger people right now who are, I think, really truly dealing with a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about today? Um, what are some like key steps for just keeping your mental health okay um, during this time? Um, and also where can people find you? Because you do an amazing job online, just helping as well. Thank you. Um, I would say, I would say definitely if you are feeling down, if you're feeling depressed or sad, um, if you feel like you may be depressed, um, I would say to reach out to somebody, um, reach out to someone that you trust, um, see if you can get in to see your therapist or see your doctor. And, um, and it's okay to feel what you're feeling. I, I really want people to know that it's um, like the world has never been like this for us before. And um, if you are feeling down and anxious, that means you're normal <laughs> because um, this is not, this is not normal. And um, yeah, just know that it's not wrong of you. Don't shame yourself for it. Don't, um, don't feel ashamed of it at all. It's not something that, um, that makes you weak. Um, it's something that makes you strong when you actually address it. And, um, and yeah, just. I love that. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And and where can you, where can people find you the most? I know you're super active online. Um, like what are the main spots that you're usually on? Usually Twitter, just Tyler Simmons on Twitter. That's my main spot. Um, Instagram, Tyler Simmons official. And uh, my website, tylersimmons.com. And Tyler does a great job. Tyler, Ty does a great job of reach allowing his inboxes to be open. So um, I don't yeah. want to put him on the spot there, but he also is always open for conversation and in helping other people in regards to mental health. And sometimes just like catching up and just saying hello and seeing how you're doing. Um, he does a great job of that as well. Um, I want to thank you for hanging out today. Dude, I again, love the work that you've been doing um, and I appreciate you. Thanks man, I appreciate you. <laughs> that was fun man, we gotta do this more often.